0: I used to sit in the preschool in tears.
1: All the man really has to do on the day of birth is find a good parking spot.
0: <laughs> dad, Dad, catch this.
2: Boom, I've done a poo. Stop stabbing your sister. From the news desk to the nursery. Mum! This is The Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt.
0: Welcome to the part of the week where we give parents the platform. The parent panel is where we invite a mum and a dad to share their views on the stories and events that are impacting on the parenting world or things that concern us. I like to say that we choose parents for their wisdom and opinions and experience. And today we have two guests of that calibre. We have Entrepreneur Star of Real Housewives of Sydney and mum of two girls, Nicole O'Neill. Hi, Nicole. How Hi, are you? good. How are you? Good, thank you. And Tommy Dean, comedian and father of three. Hi, yes, Tommy. Yes, hello to me. Hello to you. Um, now, I'm curious how you're both going at this time of year because I'm not sure if I've just psyched myself into this place, but I am so over everything right now. I just want my kids to stop school. I want them to be at home. I don't want to have to do any double drop-offs, and, and sometimes I don't even want to speak to them, and I'm not sure if I'm just making this a thing because everybody else is talking about it or if it's a real parenting experience.
1: It is odd to hear you say that (laughs) because I know no greater freedom than dropping the children off at (laughs) school and knowing that the next six hours are mine and mine alone.
0: That's a good perspective on that front.
1: So uh, while the holidays do represent an extra hour of sleep in, it does represent six hours of constant interruption (laughs) in my daily routine.
0: You Also, you've got um, twin girls who are 13. How much uh, parenting is required of 13-year-old?
1: Not as much anymore. Apparently, my main goal is to keep the internet on.
2: And managing (laughs) their schedules. That's the problem I'm getting. So what are we doing today? So, what's the plan for the day? Already. Already. My kids have been on holidays for oh, a course. week yes. already. So, we've had a fencing competition and we've had other things filling our days. But I get the. So, what's happening today? Where are you going? Like, you're oh, their
0: social planner. Yeah.
2: Can you drop me here? Or why does Noelle have a friend over? And why don't I? Why don't I? And what's the plan? <laughs> and the best is I took my uh, eldest to a spin class this morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted her to. She her friends were going, and she wanted to try it, and it all sounded very exciting. Until I had to get her up in the morning, and then we got there, and she was half asleep, and then she proceeded to spend the next forty five minutes looking at herself in the mirror. <laughs>
0: so,
2: I don't know how successful that Speed class. These classes
0: was. are intense. As I know. Wow. I think she
2: came because it was breakfast and Alfred. After? Oh, yeah. yeah so she Isn't thought- that why
0: anyone does um, exercise in the morning? Oh, I think so. So you can have breakfast after yeah. not don't,
1: don't look at me. I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. You're speaking a language that I understand the words of, but not the way you're putting them together in the sentences. That sounds breakfast. like crazy talk.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about uh, the topics today. So we're going to talk about uh, when you're winning at parenting making art out of umbilical cords, and favourite Christmas family traditions. But our first topic today is New South Wales is banning mobile phones in public schools in 2019. Is it a good idea or not?
2: Starting today, there's going to be a one-week ban on all cell phones, texting, IMing, video chatting, video gaming, anything on the internet.
0: How am I supposed to do my homework the way I did?
1: With a chisel on a piece of stone. Can't unplug my funny bone
0: mobile phones will be banned from public primary schools across New South Wales from next year. It was uh, a review led by psychologist Michael Carr Cargregg found that mobile phones pose a risk to children. So, um, Nicole, do you think this is a good idea?
2: I think it's a great idea and I also think it should be rolled out in every school, uh, including high school. I think there is no need for mobile phones at school. I grew up without a phone at school and I managed. And I think there's also something to be said for if you need something, it's it's nice that the teacher knows about it. And I remember at school, if you forgot something or you needed something, you needed to call your mum, you go to the teacher and you would get a note, so you go to reception and use the phone there. And I feel like that it gives the teacher also that chance to know everything that's going on, know the children. But now you have no reason to go to your teacher if there's a problem because you just ring your mum or I forgot my sports bag or I need this or can you pick me up early or what's the schedule – and and also half the time the kids are on their phones they're not socializing they're not talking to their friends they're not interacting and that's part of what being at school is. What about you, Tommy? Do you think
0: it's a good idea? I do.
1: With, I definitely do at the primary school level. I have, uh, don't know exactly how we will separate them at the high school level. I think take it out of the day. Like I don't know how, exactly how the band is written as far as you know. Can they have it in their bag and leave it in their locker? Um but to use it through the day I don't we never even let our children have phones until they got out of primary school, yeah because it I, just I was didn't... curious
0: about that because you've both got older children, and I have seen kids at my daughter's primary school, older kids with mobile phones, and I'm like, well, when do parents give them to kids
2: when they start? I gave mine when the kids were catching the bus home, yes, exactly, and when they were when I gave them a little bit more independence than being at the door at the gate when I dropped them and being. Mm being at the gate when
0: I pick them up. And do you, now that they're older, do you have any problems with how they use phones?
1: Mostly at home is probably more the concern. Uh, I still think on the road, it's hard to separate it from life now because it feels a little hypocritical to uh, be reading about a phone ban on your phone and then explaining <laughs> to the children that they might not be able to use their phone.
2: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we have to learn to use it in the right way.
1: Exactly. And I don't think they get that at no primary school level where it's just games and yeah. fun. And so I think separating it from being everything and it, what it should be is what it is. It's like yeah. a Swiss Army knife for life. And if they know how to apply the tool and have been taught properly, I think that's great. And they use it, like I said, for keeping in contact. Uh, you can keep up with them if they've gone to you know shopping after school or they're out with their friends, all the proper uses. Um, but constantly, I get a little bit nervous though when they get together and all they do is sit around in a circle and stare and
0: text. Stare text. And, yeah.
1: text and, and I- they're all
2: there together. I use a, uh, a an amazing app that puts parameters and, and blocks usage of the phones, and I think that that's made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So, Do you remember what it's called? It's called Our Pact, but I know there's a few around. So my children, their phone is only a phone between the hours of 8 and 4. Because also, like, when they catch the bus home from school, I don't want them sitting on their phone catching the bus home and i've seen what kids do i want them to be talking to the child next to them or you know making conversation looking at the window so i block it so the kids can only use it to ring or receive a call but they can't use it to access the internet emails or anything else can you track them you can track them which is we have we as a family use another app called find my
0: F- find friends or Ah, yes, yeah, so I think most phones have that, don't they? Yeah, so I can, I know where
2: my kids are all the time. And how about you? We did talk no, about this last a, week.
1: Yeah, we use, a, we use a thing called a private investigator. <laughs> uh, he just follows them around sounds and expensive. reports back to me every <laughs> every half an hour.
0: That sounds slightly heavy. I've healthy.
1: got eyes on the eagle. Eyes are on the eagle.
0: <laughs> all right, well, um, our next topic um, for today is going to be about our biggest parenting wins so far.
1: Thanks, to Leonidas and
0: the brave 300 to the victory! Uh, that's the final charge to victory in the film 300 <laughs> uh, which you know that that's what it can feel like when you finally get it right I think anyway with parenting um, we should definitely celebrate when we get things right uh, a great example of this came from writer Angela Mollard this week she wrote that um, she spent her parenting years trying to perfect the advent calendar. And it's quite funny because she she had all these little examples of, I don't know, getting, encouraging them to do things like be kind or to investigate some historical event. And um, now her kids are sort of older. I think most of them have left school. One of her daughters called up and said, hey, mom, where's the advent calendar? And started freaking out that she hadn't put it up on the wall or something and so for her she's like oh my god all this effort and it, it meant something to them and it's i think i did well yeah. yeah and i'm wondering uh tommy is there any time I'm, I'm not i'm not delegating it to this year because it's a hard thing to get parenting <laughs> 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 i'm talking about the whole life of your parenting experience was there ever a time where you stood there and went i knocked that out of the park
1: small quiet ones um just quietly for a moment there uh, as a parent talking to parents uh, I would not use the film 300 as parenting <laughs> lessons <laughs> just so you know
2: I haven't said doesn't end well doesn't end well <laughs> I'm just saying if you
1: remember how the child was treated at the beginning of that film
0: oh yes yes. Uh,
1: anyway my point is um, you know seriously I think you're happy about all the small wins but I, the one thing I've always claimed and it is such a small thing but my children do not drink fizzy drink.
0: That's a huge win,
1: and it's a huge win because it's all I used to ever drink. Like there wow. was always cans of soda in my house all the time. Um, I don't drink alcohol, so it was kind of like my pub drink when I went out. It's what I drank at home. It's what I drink before gigs. So it was just kind. It was. It's actually part of my persona on stage is to have a can of Coke next to me, and with the kids and through no. I never really put it. was just in there. You just don't, didn't let them have them as little kids. But as they got to the age where quite often lemonade, of course, would be at parties and stuff, it's, oh, I don't like it, Dad. I don't like it. They pretty much exist on great. milk and water and occasionally fruit juice.
0: But that is a, that's a huge win. Huge win. There's so many problems associated with yeah. fizzy drinks. Well done. That's so a good that, yeah, round of that, applause. Yeah. Well that's done, my only Tommy. big
1: one. And then they, and the, they eat salads.
2: That's amazing. Oh, that oh. is awesome.
1: Yeah, I give that to their mum, by the way. By mum.
2: That's amazing.
1: I make fun of that's them
2: about that. That's a huge. That. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, how about you? Um, I was thinking about this, and the main one of the things that happened actually this year was, I think teaching children empathy is very hard, and I think that that's a lesson. You know, th- they've got to realize it themselves. It's very hard to explain empathy for some to someone. And, you know, the other, just recently, last term, Noelle came home and she said to me, oh, they do this thing at school where they decorate everyone's lockers and they fill it with sweets on their birthday. And she came home and she said to me, oh, mum, so-and-so doesn't have many friends and I'm really worried about, you know, that no one's going to decorate her locker, you know, tomorrow morning. And she left it – she's left it – uh, no, and no one's going to decorate her locker. And I said, oh, okay, Noelle – and she goes, yeah, you know, and it'd be sad for, you know, on your birthday not to come to school and have a decorated locker. I said, okay, so down we went to Woolworths and we bought all the party things and lollies and things that you fill the locker with. And she went the next morning and did it. And I came home that, that afternoon when I picked her up and I said, oh, how did it go? She goes, oh, it was so good. She was so happy. She was crying. Aww. I said, how did she, you know, how did you get into the locker? She left it open just in case someone was going to decorate it. Aww. And I said, oh, no, that is the sweetest thing to do. And I said, you know, that's, that's doing something something for someone and not expecting anything in return. And mm. I sort of was just driving very quietly and I thought, you yeah, know, I feel like that's done. a bit of proud. Yeah. Yes. You know, like I was able to teach that lesson. Cause it- and we do want our
0: kids to be kind,
2: don't it's we? It's the most important thing is to well, have no. empathy for others. That
1: is nice. I think occasionally it has like a little barb in the tail. You know, Dad, I got a new friend and it's her birthday <laughs> and I really think that we should get her a birthday present. Can I have $20? <laughs> like, Wait a minute. <laughs> Sounds you, like I'm buying your friend. I'm <laughs> not convinced. Uh, I like your thought process.
0: That's but. true. My kids are still in that phase of um, uh, giving presents for to get them back. And yeah. my son has said stuff to me like, yeah, so we're giving, this is his cousin, we're giving Mishi a present and he's going to give me one, isn't he? And, and, I, and you can say, you're right, you can say in words, sweetheart, we don't give to receive. No. But a four no. and a half year old does not compute no. that. He's like, but I want to. I want a gecko watch, Mum. Like,
2: come on. Oh, how funny.
0: Yeah, I haven't quite got there with them. And I have to admit... It my, took
2: me 13 years.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, my, <laughs> compared to yours, my parenting win is um, very shallow because basically what it is, I have this thing about gifts. Like, I love buying presents and I... Do my research, you know. I'll buy my husband's birthday present six months before his birthday because I've really thought, what will he love? And it is so rare that someone opens one of these gifts and responds the way I think they should. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So very rare. Um, But this year, my daughter's asked for um, a robotic dog that is... I don't want it in my home, but she really, really wanted it. And she asked for it like three months ago or something. And at the time I was like, oh, okay. And I went online and she hasn't stopped talking about it. It was on her list to Santa. And every so often she'll say, but then when Santa brings blah, and I'm like, well, Santa might not. And then behind her back, I'm going, yes. First time, she's going to lose it. <laughs> so hopefully, You've nailed I, will, it. <laughs> I, I think I've nailed it before. She might just open it and go, huh. knew I was going to get it. <laughs> but hopefully, that will be my parenting win this year. Well Finally. done. <laughs> well done.
2: You'll have to do a podcast on Christmas Day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I suppose no. the other one I would claim that always makes me laugh is that my daughter has a Kindle. And it's connected, of course, to my credit card. Uh-huh. And so then and the, the rule used to always be you will ask, I will say yes, and then you will get the book. And then now it's got to the point where you just start seeing on your
0: <laughs>
1: statement five books. And so there's part of you as angry as the, hey, well, it's books. Books, yeah, you can, well done. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I think that's the one anything.
0: thing it's okay to spend money yeah, on. I agree. Right, Although right. I'm curious like what wood? does she read?
1: Uh, Do you care I... what
0: titles they are?
1: Oh, yeah. No, you look at that as well. But yes. she's, she's very much in the uh, young adult. Tween. You know, Do you it's...
0: get to read them too? Because there are some tweets. Someone was talking about Mortal Engines. And I, I know that's a movie coming out. Mm. And I'm like, you have to read the book before you see the movie. But there are so many white youth. Fiction that is out there that is being made into films, but they're still good books. Still good books. Can you still? Can you? read she's them? more
1: book than movie. Like right. we rarely see the movie. Like we saw all of the the Maze Runner stuff, and ah, but wow. it's actually fun to have your daughter turn you and go. It's not as good as the book.
0: Oh, oh wow! So That'd many parenting proud. wins from yeah. Tommy. Yeah. But then, so part of me thinks,
1: well, man, I hope so because that movie was terrible. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I was going to ask that. I hope the book was okay.
0: <laughs> You're listening to The Parent Panel. I'm Siobhan Hunt. My guests today are Nicole O'Neill, entrepreneur and star of Real Housewives of Sydney, and comedian Tommy Dean. Up next, would you make a dream catcher out of your umbilical cord? Oh.
2: And Andrea's going to eat Becky's placenta.
0: Childbirth, it's, it's a natural thing. It's beautiful. Don't forget your umbilical cord.
1: Makes his guitar picks out of the sun-dried placenta.
0: Some families might get a plaster cast of their baby's feet. In Bali, apparently, it's an ancient tradition to bury the placenta after childbirth, and I have heard of several families I know doing it here. I actually know people who've buried the placenta in their backyard, in Queensland, there's a woman who will make art out of your placenta or umbilical cord. Uh, Nicole, how do you feel about umbilical cord dream catchers, yay or nay?
2: That's definitely not on my Christmas list. <laughs> Uh, so that would be a nay from me. Did you have anything? Did you make anything to commemorate the no. birth or anything like that? No, I actually didn't. I didn't even get a nice piece of jewellery. So <laughs> <laughs> no commemorating. My husband told me my gift was my daughter. <laughs>
0: oh bless! He so, didn't go through labour, obviously. No, definitely not.
2: <laughs> but no, I just I think you know it's funny because placentas originally were eaten by the mother. The an in animals, was eaten by the mother yeah. because they wanted to hide the fact there was newborn babies around oh. and the vulnerability of these newborns. So there's there's no benefits to eating a placenta. They haven't found or proven any of these benefits. But I had a friend who had hers freeze-dried and then took them as capsules.
0: Yes. Um, we have someone in the office who did that Yeah, too.
2: And apparently there is no medical evidence to prove anything that there's any more nutrients in that. By the time the placenta is done, it's done. It's done. It's, it's done its done. job. But I can understand people bury it again because you want to hide the vulnerability of having a, a child and because you can't run as quickly or move as quickly when you're carrying four kids with you or.
0: Yeah, that uh, is such an interesting um, reason. for Why we don't need to do it today. Why we don't, no. (laughs) What about you, Tommy? Well, I
1: think uh, tying back to our opening conversation, we should uh, use the umbilicals as phone chargers. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice just to really accentuate and let the children know how connected they are (laughs) (laughs) to the technological world?
0: That is such a gross
1: (laughs) visual image. But I saw the art. The art is, it's not a, it's not a doesn't feel like a high-class piece of art.
0: No. Elise said it looks like one of the things you'd give a dog to chew on. It does. Yeah.
1: Or it, it looks a bit like... Because I mean, of what it is, in the casing, it looks a bit sausage-y. do think do sausage art. I think the only one... I looked at her whole website. And first off, uh, to be fair, it's a... Uh, it's an interesting market because uh, the pressure on the artist would be very high. You, you would oh, think goodness. it's not like, uh, I had a little bit of a mistake. Yeah. Uh it didn't quite work out. If you could just send me your other umbilical... What? You only had one? One? Only one? <laughs> All right. Well, I will assume in nine to 12 months, he will send me a new one. <laughs> but uh, she did like... Uh, the other one I thought was interesting was like blood imprint. Yeah. yeah. At least at p- some point in me, understood that.
0: It did look... in Like part of me was like, that's quite beautiful and part of me was still grossed out. Yeah. yeah. But I am the sort of person that in childbirth and all the rest of it, I was like, do what you got to do down there. I don't want to see it. Give mm. me the baby. Clean the baby. Give me the baby. I don't want to know about all that stuff. I'm terrible. So I don't know. them. I mean, I do. I love my favourite thing with children, though, is their um, handprints or footprints. Agreed. Yeah. when and all you have to do is paint them and just put it down there. And then you look back mm. when they're Got enormous size, 10 oh. feet or whatever, and see when they were babies. Yeah.
1: I think the old classics are fine. The little chalk, I mean, the little pen mark on the door frame. Yeah. Yes. Keeping track of the. But then do you have up. to
0: take the door frame with you?
1: You when
2: do. You go.
0: No, it's
1: just. just the-
2: My <laughs> husband's family did. I found it the other day. They've got this log thing, and I was like, what's that? They're like, oh, that's the door frame from our old house, but Hilarious. it had everyone's measurements on it. So yeah. <laughs> To
1: be fair, we actually missed a couple of years, just went back and guesstimated probably about there. <laughs> I'm guessing here ish. would have been a couple <laughs> of inches. We're not that sentimental. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love it. About
1: the okay,
0: well speaking about sentimentality, our next and final topic for this week is your famous Christmas tradition.
1: It looks like we found our new
2: Christmas tradition. Why do you do this to yourself every year?
0: Because tradition Families celebrate Christmas in many different ways. Writer Casey Edwards got sick of the stress of big family gatherings and started her own Christmas tradition. She, her husband, and her kids spend three days in a hotel, invite people over to swim in the pool. Uh, Nicole, do you have any special family traditions at Christmas time?
2: Well, I grew up half Swedish, half Lebanese, so you can imagine it was a a, a, a huge melting pot of, of traditions. So Christmas Eve for us is our Christmas. I oh, love that. Um, and we always start with glög, which is a Swedish, like a glue vine with, with spiced wine.
0: And oh, because when you said Glerg, I was thinking, what is That sounds very... Gelatinous. Yeah. Or no, something. it's like a
2: spiced wine with. with Beautiful. My mum used to make the kids a Ribena version. And it's got raisins and nuts at the bottom with oh, gingerbread. Yum. Um, and my mum puts the air conditioning on really low. So it's a bit cold in the house. And <laughs> there's candles. Uh, and then we have like a Swedish, din- a Swedish Lebanese dinner. So we've got Swedish ham and Swedish herrings. But we've also got the tabbouleh and the oh, garlic brilliant. chicken. And so we've got a real mix. And for us, that's Christmas. And it's funny because my mum's, for her, Christmas. Is being cold in the cold weather in Sweden and and you know the dark long nights and for me that's Christmas. It has to be warm and it has to you know in London it didn't feel Christmasy till I got back to Sydney where I could smell the gardenias and you know all the mix of foods. So I used to Christmas. say it
0: wasn't Christmas unless you could smell bushfires, which is terrible to say, but <laughs> it was. It's always the hottest, driest part of the yeah. year.
1: I think um, that you are set in your Christmas by your childhood. You have to be. Of the most magical time because I. Come from a temperate world of Arizona, so it's not Christmas time till you're pulling on your thinnest jumper. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so cold outside! It's like eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> it must be Christmas.
2: Yeah, but See, Christmas in America is incredible. I mm. mean, the Americans mm. just do it so well. So
1: that's big. But I know, but to me, it was always the big roast dinner. We had the classic. You know, Thanksgiving was simply a test run oh, of nice. the Christmas dinner. So you did it all again. You had the Thanksgiving turkey, uh, the Christmas turkey. It's the same thing. Just a new holiday name. Uh, (laughs) Giant turkey, all the size, all the family would come over. It was all very similar. Uh, The only thing I've captured here, our tradition is, and we were, and I claim no nationality to this, uh, but we also loved Christmas Eve. Yes. Um, My uncle was a minister in the Baptist church. They all had a Christmas Eve service at the church. Yeah. We would go to that. We would come home. Uh, We would have a piece of pie, usually pumpkin pie, of course. And then we would be allowed to open one small gift. There's always a range. You open your one small gift and then off to bed. So we've done most of that uh, at my house. We split time. My wife's family lives in Canberra, so every other year. So the yeah. year Do that you we still have, have
0: pumpkin I'm, I have never had pumpkin pie. I've never had pumpkin pie. What? Does, I mean, it's obviously amazing. it tastes like pumpkin. No, it
1: doesn't taste like pumpkin at no. all. Doesn't if it? it tasted like pumpkin, nobody would eat it. Well, that's what I was really
0: confused no, about. It, it. I'm it like, tastes like cinnamon,
1: sounds... nutmeg, and. Really? Clove and ginger.
0: Yeah. Because I, I keep seeing all these American sitcoms about pumpkin pie and ads about how everyone wants to eat everything with pumpkin pie spice And or you buy something. them in tins, Libby's. Mm. Really? Yeah. Because it's the perfect
1: texture. Yeah, the mash. You can make it from your own pumpkins, but it takes hours and hours and you'll never get it right. <laughs> but you can buy them here. There's plenty of uh, shops that now sell American So do you do American that with your family now? Sorry, That's where I get it. So yeah. I the, do you do it for the...
2: Christmas as well?
1: Only for Christmas. I don't really do Thanksgiving because oh, okay. there's nobody to... Think. Thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you thank yourself? I'm well, a great yeah, dad. But
1: Christmas pumpkin pie, and my uh, brother-in-law loves it, so it's my...
2: And I love the sweet potato with the marshmallows on top.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what? just a...
0: Oh, what is this thing?
1: Candied yams. Yeah. But yeah, really? you take sweet potatoes and bake them, and then at the halfway point, you dust them with brown sugar and dot them with marshmallows.
0: Oh, shut, shut up. This is amazing. for dinner. Yeah, it's,
1: it's like a warm-up to pumpkin pie. It's just <gasps> to get you used to the idea.
0: My God, there's all yeah. these things. I, 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 it's I, smashing sweet. That sounds like something I want to try. Do it's I have delicious. to find? Do I have to come to your house to try it? Now, pumpkin I mean? pie literally is no, the easiest pie. pie in No, pumpkin pie. I'm over that. I'm talking about the oh, uh, yes. yam with marshmallows on top.
1: That's basically pumpkin pie light. <laughs> we say yams, but we all know it's sweet potatoes because I don't think anybody sells yams.
0: Oh my, no. I, yeah, no, it's I just sweet potatoes,
1: which taste a lot like pumpkin once you get them down to that level and add that spice. And
0: Brown that much sugar. sugar.
1: Yeah, maple glazed ham, that's another one. Oh, Studded with cloves. You get
0: really hungry.
1: But we don't, I don't understand why. It seems like America a long time ago lost its ability to understand savory. <laughs> <laughs> we had have, we have candy coat candy. You know, like candy-coated apples. Who dips an apple in candy as if the apple wasn't sweet enough? Well, that's mm. not sweet enough. Put a candy shell on. We
0: it. do do that though. Toffee apples. I was thinking about I that. I always, uh, I was thinking my kids have never tried a toffee apple. No, or toffees. Oh my goodness! Do you remember
2: toffees with hundreds and thousands, and you get them at the school fairs? Mm. And, and if you, you wanted them, always
0: them to be a, a bit chewy. Chewy, and but now if you did it, you always feel it felt yeah. like a tooth would come out yep. with the toffee. That's yep.
1: why I think I think there's a direct correlation between the price of orthodontics. Yes. yes. and the downfall of candy at a certain level. <laughs> no true. kids, there will be no toffee apples No. Daddy does not want to park a car in your face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, on that note, um, I'd like to thank you both for coming in and um, it is only a week out from Christmas so I hope you have a beautiful Christmas and a lovely holiday if you get one.
1: Please, Merry Christmas to everyone listening and seriously, get a tin of Libby's and follow the recipe exactly on the back. <laughs> It's the I'm easiest, most it. perfect pumpkin pie is. in the world <laughs> We're
0: going to try it, thank you so Merry much Merry Christmas, thank you for having me It's a pleasure That was comedian Tommy Dean and Nicole O'Neill founder of Pretta party and star of Real Housewives of Sydney Next week will be the final episode of the Parent Panel for 2018 So if you've got a question or maybe even a topic you want our panelists to talk about you can email us at conversation at au. So we want to hear from you and we also want to make parents talk about the stuff that matters to you so email us Uh, again that's conversation at kindling.com.au and that is for the final parent panel of 2018 so stay subscribed wherever you get your podcasts
2: you've been listening to the parent panel a kindling kids radio podcast if you like what you heard don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends the parent panel new episodes every friday